Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. If you found it yet, let's all read it out loud and loudly. Ready? Read. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Say it one more time. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Today is the last teaching of the God First series, and I'm going to wrap it up with this, and I believe it, it's, it's an important one, okay? For, there's four fundamental functions of the church. I talked about that a lot of people will want to dismiss the church and say, well, the church is irrelevant to me. Um, it's all about me and God, and, I, you know, I, I don't believe in the church. The church has hurt me, or the church, uh, you know, they'll say things, and I don't really understand what their agenda is or their motive is. But I want to remind you, Jesus came up with the church. Jesus is the head of the church. So if Jesus is the head and we're the body, if we throw out the church, we throw out Jesus. I said we, if we throw out the church, we throw out Jesus, because Jesus is attached to the church. And so we can't throw out the church, but I believe as a church, and I, and I love that we're able to do this uh, right here at the beginning, being almost five months old as a church body here, that we're able to say, what are the fundamentals of the church? And I know that the Holy Spirit really drew my attention to this particular verse. And we can see that there are four fundamentals of the church. In other words, you can do a lot of different things at the church, but if you don't do these things, then you're missing out. And I believe that's why sometimes people don't know what the purpose is of the church because maybe they miss out on what, what the church is for and what are some of the fundamental functions. And the four functions we see right in this verse, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's the word of God. Can you say out loud the word of God? What does the word of God do? It teaches you. It builds your faith. You believe, you hear, and you let the word of God come back out of you. It's important to hear the word of God. You say, well, can I get the word of God on my own? Well, in the book of Romans, it says, how shall they believe in whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? So there's something about the preached word of God, about the word of God coming out of someone's mouth into your ears, into your heart, that causes faith to happen. If you walk out of a message and you have more faith in the preacher than you do the word of God, you didn't hear the word of God. So one of the reasons for church is the word of God. Number two is fellowship with other believers. In this verse it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. They go together. You cannot fellowship with unbelievers. You may say, well, I do. Well, <laughs> but the Bible says what fellowship has light and darkness and what fellowship has Christ with Belial? You can't fellowship with unbelievers. In fact, in 1 John chapter 1, it says, and these things we want to share with you so that you can receive them so that we may have fellowship with one another. You can have friendships with people, but you can't have fellowship with people. You might say, if some of my best friends are unbelievers, then, then go back to 1 John 1 and, and say what John said, and that was, let me... Share with you the word of God so you can open your hearts to Jesus so that we can have fellowship because I know that we can't have fellowship while you're an unbeliever and I'm, I'm a believer. Now, can I tell you, I don't think it's wise to say that. 
I don't think you'd go up to unbelievers and say, we just can't fellowship because I'm on a different level than you. It's not always wise just to state those things, but our hearts should be pure that people would know Jesus, the Son of God. Amen? So that's what we want to do. We want to fellowship. It's important to come to church and to be a part of a church so that you can have fellowship with other believers. What does fellowship do? Just like the Word of God builds your faith, fellowship strengthens and encourages you. When you walk away from true fellowship, you feel stronger. You feel built up. You feel lifted up. You feel enlightened. You feel like, like there's peace in your heart. There's something that encouraged you and lift you, lifted you up. And then the breaking of bread. What is the breaking of bread? We went over it last week. And that's, I believe, the sharing of Jesus. It's outreach. The Bible says that they went from house to house and they, they went around and they broke bread. And, and I went over some scriptures last week to where Jesus was revealed in the breaking of bread. So as they, as they broke bread, that their eyes were open to Jesus. And then prayer. What does prayer do? Prayer points us upwards. It makes us realize that it's not all about us, the church. It's all about us keeping our eyes upward on Jesus. So the word of God, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Acts chapter 2 and verse 46, which is just a few verses down. I want you to read this today. And I'll read it and you can just read along. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple... And breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. How was evangelism happening? Well, let me, let me suggest to you that the, the evangelism was happening when the church functioned as the church. And the Lord said, I can add to that church. Because the church is being the church. In other words, people didn't leave the church to go do evangelism. People were the church, and the Lord was adding to the church. So I want to give you five characteristics of the early church. Number one was frequency. I want you to notice in this verse it says continuing daily. Can you say the word daily? With one accord. I want to tell you, the early church met every day, not every week. You think, oh, man, are you about to break out something that we're going to meet every day? Well, I, I didn't say we're going to meet every day. What I said was the early church who were seeing signs and wonders, who were seeing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, who were seeing God working in their life met every day, not every week. And so sometimes we want the results of the early church, but we don't want the requirements of them. Can I meet once a week but get those signs, you know? Well, it wasn't just meeting once a week, the Bible says they were all in one accord in one place and suddenly happened in the book of Acts chapter 2. So I want to point out number one was, was frequency. They, they continued daily. The early church met every day, not every week. Number two, location. Location. The scripture says that they met in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. That there was two primary locations that were mentioned, two primary locations. It also says in Acts 5, 42, the same thing, that they ministered house to house, but also in the temple. In the temple was the larger gatherings. That's like us right now. This isn't a small group. This is a larger gathering, okay, for our church. And so this would be in the temple. And then house to house were the smaller gatherings. They were the, not one-on-ones, but they were a small group of people that would get together. So the location, what would they do? They'd meet in the temple and house to house. Number three, the vibe or the feel. What was the feel of 
of church? What was the feel of it like when they got together in house to house? Was it, how are you, brother and sister? Hi, brother Paul. I've missed you, brother Paul. No, no, no. Sometimes people don't go to church because they think church is boring and it's not real. And can I tell you, sometimes that's the case. That we get around church people and we act churchy. But then we get outside of church and we're like, hey, man, what's going on? How are you doing? And then you say, wait, didn't I just see you in church and you were, you know, a different person in church? I remember hearing one preacher that said that he was ministering in church and his kid was sitting in the front row. And he said his kid was sitting like this. It was the first time he had ever heard him. And he went, just had his mouth wide open. And he looked down and, you know, finally he said, or after service, he said, hey, what's going on? Why, why were you so, is something wrong? He said, I've never heard you talk that way. He said, you talk a different way at home than you do at church. And he said, he, he, he got to realizing he himself had a different MO, different way of being in the church and outside of the church. Can I tell you, we're the same people in church as we are outside of the church. Isn't that right? That's the way we should be. So what was the vibe of the early church? Well, the Bible says it was gladness. And it was simplicity of heart. When they got together, they got together with gladness and simplicity of heart. It wasn't complicated. It was spirited. It was, in fact, the word is charis. It was, there was, it was spirited. It was welcoming. It was full of life. People came into a small group atmosphere and they were like, man, these people are fun. Like, this is, this is good. This, is, this doesn't feel churchy. It feels welcoming. That was their vibe in the book of Acts. Now, the Holy Spirit touched who they were and their personalities and who they were as a church. And it it was even more spirited, so to speak. And we understand that. Number four, focus. Focus. The Bible says they were praising God and having favor with all the people. It was about God and people, not an image or an organization. The church was about God and people. They came in and they praised God. And what did they do? They had favor with all the people. In other words, people would come and visit, and they go, I like these people. These people are happy people. These people, are, these people like one another. People get along with one another. They're good people, right? And they had favor with people. People generally liked them. Today, do people generally like the church? Sometimes maybe, sometimes not. I, I don't know. But what I do know is in the early church, the Bible said they had favor with all the people. People would come around them, and they would say, they're good people. And the Bible says, they, they praised God and they had favor with all the people. In the Message Bible, it says this. As they praised God, people in generally liked what they saw. And every day their number grew as God added those who were being saved. I want you to notice what it says, though. Every day their number grew. And look at number five, results. The Lord added to the church daily. The church grew daily, not weekly. The church grew daily, not weekly. What does that mean? It means we didn't, or they didn't decide how big the church was based on how many people came on Sunday. It was how many many people were being saved and added to the church on a daily basis. How is it happening on a daily basis? They were getting together on a daily basis. It was probably they were growing in small groups more than they were growing in in the big temple. And the result would come out in the temple, but they were growing daily. People were were coming over and they're saying, hey, can you guys get together tonight? Oh, I have a small group, but you're invited. They would invite them and they'd say, hey, I like that. Can I stay? Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's called added to the church. And they started coming. They go, I don't have a church. I'm going to come be a part of your church. So the, the five characteristics that you see in this verse is frequency, location, vibe, focus, and results. 
Why should I be in a small group? I just want to ask or say this question. Can I tell you, this message today isn't a pitch. It's not a sale pitch. I'm not trying to get you to do something. The biggest thing I would say is we're finishing this series called God First. And God First really says Jesus is the head of the church and I'm not. (laughs) Jesus is the head of the church and you're not. So the biggest thing to do is just pray about it. If Jesus is our Lord, then we pray about it. Jesus, where do you want me to go to church? Is it Memphis Tabernacle? Good. Come to Growth Track today, and we'll, and we'll tell you more about it. We'll tell you about how the Lord is leading us to do church. So why should I be in a small group? And I hope, hopefully this answers some of your questions. Number one, because meeting outside of Sundays is the model of the early church. They didn't just meet on Sundays. And I believe that the Lord is instructing us, the leader of this church is instructing us, Jesus, to not just meet on Sundays, but to meet as the early church did outside. Number two, because God hasn't called us to run alone. God hasn't called us to run alone. If you're a runner, if you're someone who's an athlete, most of the time you don't just do your athletics on your own. You do them with a team, you do them with other people. I was talking to uh, my brother the other day, and he was saying, you know, that he runs. Um, Peter, he was saying that he runs, and he said that, but once a week he gets together, and he runs with a running club on Tuesdays. And they run around, you know, the city, and I said, what do you do about the freezing cold? He said, oh, we run in the freezing cold, too. But I'll tell you, you're a lot more likely to run in the freezing cold with a group (laughs) than you would be alone. You say, this morning, you look outside, and you say, I'm not running this morning, but I have to meet the group, so we're going to run this morning. God hasn't called us to run alone. We pace one another. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, it says this. Therefore, since we all are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, a great cloud of witnesses. These are all the people who've come in the past, who've run before us. And it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Listen to this. And let us run with perseverance. Can you say that out loud with me? Let us run with perseverance, the race that is marked out for us. Can I tell you, every person in here, God has a specific thing for you to accomplish this week. God has a specific thing for you to walk in this week. God has a specific purpose and plan that he's already set, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. God's already laid out the course for you to walk in this week. And sometimes we just forget that. But when we get around other believers, it reminds us. So what do we do? We pace one another. We sharpen one another. We sharpen one another. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. How do you get sharp? You hang around sharp people. How do you get smart? You hang around smart people. How do you get to know Jesus? You hang around people who know Jesus. And around Jesus, of course. How many of you would admit today that there are areas in our lives that we need to be sharpened in? Maybe finances, maybe the way we eat, the way we exercise, maybe the way we get into the word, maybe the way we fellowship, maybe our decisions on relationships. But there are things that we need to be sharpened in, and that's one of the things that God hasn't called us to run alone. We sharpen one another. We encourage one another. We encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Encourage one another and build one another up. That's what we were talking about this morning. When we come to church, we don't just come to be encouraged. 
but we come to encourage. You know what I like to do, and I encourage you to do because you're part of this church. Every person in here is ministers. Every person in here has a ministry, is ministers. Here's what I encourage you to do as ministers. You look around and you see people, someone who needs ministry, somebody who just needs encouragement, and you jet right to them and you shake their hands and you say, good morning, I'm glad you're here this morning. And you see if the Lord would have you to say something encouraging. It doesn't have to be anything big and prophetic and take a long time. Sometimes it's just an encouraging word. And that's what we need to do and be with one another. So if you walked in here this morning and you have a line of 20 people after service and they're, they're following you, you must look down, okay, this morning. But can I tell you, we need to encourage one another. And then why else has God not called us to run alone? Because we make one another better. We make one another better. In Ecclesiastes 4.9 it says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. I worked hard and I really went after the things of the Lord years ago. But when I met Tiffany, I got way better. When I met some of the friends that I have in life, I got way better. When I met you and I came to Memphis, there, there are people here at the church that I will come up and ask questions to. Scotty is one of them. Scotty came before we started and opened up the doors. And every once in a while, I'll come up to Scotty and just say, hey, can I ask you a question about this? And we'll grab lunch. And he'll come and tell me some things, give me some thoughts, give me some advice. And I walk away better. I walk away thinking, oh, I'm so glad I met you. And I tell him that periodically. Can I tell you, we're better when we function and flow together. Anyone who thinks that they can function better alone, it, that's a bit arrogant. You need a friend to tell you that. We need one another. And I think somebody would say amen this morning. Okay, we need one another. So why be in a small group? We encourage one another. Two are better than one because it's important. Number three, it's important to meet friends at church. Someone might be sitting here today and you say, I don't really need more friends. I already have too many friends. I don't have enough time for the friends I have. But can I tell you, if God's called you to Memphis Tabernacle, it's important to have friends at church. I don't think you need to know everybody. I don't know everybody. But I think it's good to walk in and know a handful of people that you can walk up to and ask them how their week was. Hey, you want to get together this week? Hey, can I pray for you about anything? Or just, you have somebody that you would consider a casual friend or somebody. At least there's an opportunity to draw closer. There are some people, I don't want to single you out because you're single, but maybe you're single and you say, I want to meet somebody, so I'm looking, I'm looking for a mate. Can I tell you, God cares about you having a mate. God cares about that. And I think it's, it's good to be able to say, God, would you, uh, would you open up the right mate to me? Maybe they're right here in this congregation. And I'm not saying, you know, small groups or hookup groups or anything, but I am saying it is, it is a place that you can come and just casually meet people without pressure. You can just come and casually meet people and, uh, and not have to feel any weirdness about that. So because it's important to meet friends at church, when you meet people, you find things that connect you find things about your background. You find things about your beliefs. You find things about the way you think and your characteristics that connect. We read the scripture a little bit earlier, but it says in 1 John 1, that which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you may also have fellowship with us. Fellowship with us. It's important to have fellowship with other believers here at church. My heart as a pastor is really, really, and I pray about this very often, Lord, would you connect people to one another? Would you help people to come and have friends in church? We're going to be a very, very, very connected and relational church. 
Growing together is better. You know, remember the disciples, they all ran with Jesus together. And in school, you know, when you're in a school, I know there's, you know, there's homeschool as well. But in school, I learned things from people in school, in sports teams, in uh, different things that I was learning together with. Some things I learned of how I wanted to be and some things I learned of how I didn't want to be. But just being around others, it's, it's good to grow together. Number four is why be in a small group? Because loving God and loving people go together. This guy came up to Jesus and he said, tell me, Master, the first and the greatest commandment. And Jesus said to him this, you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let me break it down to you. Look at me for a minute. A guy came up to Jesus and he said, what's the most important thing in life? He said, Jesus, tell me the one most important thing in life. And Jesus gave him two. He said, love God and love people because it's not just one. They go together. Why? Because Jesus knew that it's Christ in his body. You can't just be connected with the head, right? Just all about me and Jesus. No, it's not. It's about you and Jesus and his body. That's why we talk about the church. If we're putting God first, we have to learn a connection with the church. And like I said before, some people need to be healed by that. Some people need to be healed by whatever connection they've had before. Maybe you're apprehensive to connect with the church. But it's important to connect with Jesus and with his church. The church is not perfect. Jesus is. I said the church is not perfect. Jesus is. So sometimes we give, we can give the, the head of the church a bad name, but can I tell you, it's not Jesus' fault, it's ours, <laughs> right? Number five, why be a part of a small group? Because God's calling Memphis Tabernacle to be a church of small groups, not a church with small groups. God's calling us to be a church of small groups, not a church with small groups. What would that mean? It means the large group is here on Sundays, but during the week we have small groups that are meeting all week long. So... Sign-ups today. Let me, let me just tell you this. We're going to do sign-ups today. And you say, oh, no, I'm not ready to, be, to sign up today. Like, like I said, just pray about it. And if the Lord leads you to sign up just what you're interested in, you can go ahead and sign up and say I'm interested. But I want to just explain to you for a minute about small groups. Number one, how do we run? We run in a, a semester system, just like schools do. We run during the fall, during the summer, and during the spring. Okay, spring, winter. So we run 12 weeks in the fall and 12 weeks in the spring and about six to eight weeks in the summer, okay? That's, that's how we run, which means 20 weeks out of the year we're not in small groups. 20 weeks out of the year we're not in small groups. I was just thinking about this. I don't know why, but I laid down my head last night in, in bed, and I was thinking, do you know that if we sleep the right amount of hours, that we sleep 56 hours a week? We sleep about two hours. Not two and a half days a week, but we sleep over two 24-hour periods a week. You realize that? That's a lot of rest, right? You know, someone says, I don't do that. Well, maybe you need to. I mean, it's, it's good to. But God gives his people rest. Why do, we, why do we have time off of small groups? Because it's not all about meeting all the time to make sure we get more in. No, sometimes there's periods of rest. And, and these are times to where we don't run small groups. We run it in the spring. So there's one that's going to be starting next Monday, a week from tomorrow, February the 11th. We're going to be starting our first run of small groups that will go anywhere from 10 to 12 weeks. The, this also creates on-ramps and off-ramps. 
you know, sometimes when you're thinking about joining a small group, you're thinking, man, I don't want to get in there and I don't like it. And then I break up with someone, so to speak. I break up with my group. I stop going. And then, they didn't, you know, I feel like I got to stop coming to the church because they're going to they're gonna start shaming me now. No, there's no shaming that goes on here. On-ramps and off-ramps allow you to get onto the freeway to learn and try it out. And, uh, and if you don't like it, maybe jump to another group. But I want to encourage everybody to jump into a group. What is it? It's weekly. We meet weekly for one hour to an hour and a half. We prefer small groups not to go longer than that or to not to go shorter than that. One hour to an hour and a half weekly. Number two, why do we do small groups? Well, there's three things. One is to connect, one is to protect, and one is to grow. To connect, there are groups of about 12 to 15 people. These are not intimate groups. These are not groups of three to five where you're going to walk in and there's candles that are low, and they're like, come on in, we've been waiting for you. You're like, dude, I'm out of here, you know. (laughs) I've walked into those kind of groups before, right? I think, oh, I'm getting a call right now. I'm getting a call right now. I think, you know, hey, oh, so sorry. I got to get out of here, you know. No, no, but we're not talking about weird settings. We're talking about a comfortable situation, 12 to 15 people that get together in a comfortable situation And we develop friendships. We grow together. So to connect together, casual, you get to meet some friends. Uh, Protect. It's a time to be real. When you come into church here and someone says, how are you doing? Most, Most people will say, I'm doing good. If you know them a little bit better, they'll stop and tell you how their week was or what things uh, are going on with them. And, uh, but it's a time to protect. It's a, a time that you get to know people a little bit better. And then a time to grow. Can I just tell you this morning, if you don't already know it, everybody's growing. Everybody in here is growing. If you stop growing, you're on your way out. If you stop growing, you're you're going down. You're either growing up or you're growing down. And we're all growing, so we need to grow together. Three things we do. Number three, ask yourself, listen, what do I need to grow in? Can you just stop for one moment right now? Come on, take 20 seconds and just stop right now and say, Lord, what do I need to grow in? Just ask the Lord, Lord, what do I need to grow in? Is it my spiritual life? Is it the word and prayer? Is it, is it marriage? Is it parenting? Is it, is it freedom? Are there some things in my life that I'd just like to shake free? Is it finances? Is it friendships? What do I need to grow in, Lord? Number four, is there someone that I should invite? Maybe someone in the church that you got to know, but there may be someone outside of the church. Maybe a neighbor or somebody that you just say, hey, I'm going to invite him to a small group and, and let him know it's, it's not a church service, but it's a time where we get together. Number five, is God calling me to lead or to apprentice next time? Can I tell you, even if you say I'm not a leader, really leaders don't need to be leaders as much as hosts. They need to host small groups. Now, some of the groups like prayer and such and discipleship, you know, and freedom, you do lead a little bit more, but but a lot of the groups you can host. You can go through a book together, a series together. You can go through a topic together. Uh, some will lead, some will support, some will host. Grow and pass on as disciples. The way Jesus called us as disciples is for us to grow, but then to pass it on. So how do we do it? Could everybody take out a flyer, take out that small group flyer right now where you are? Everybody take out that small group flyer. I want you to turn it over to the back and find a group that you may be interested in. Some of you might just want to stop and say, Lord, is there any that you're drawing my attention to? I can tell you that on Wednesday nights, 
I am starting to teach Operation Solid Lives number one. We call it boot camp. If you need a shot in the arm or a kick in the pants, if you need something that will get you to the next level in your walk with the Lord, it is very fundamental and very foundational. It's a five-week class. Right after that, we're going right into a seven-week class. So it's actually 12 weeks, and we're doing levels one and level two this time around. We also have a prayer small group. A prayer small group is also just two doors down right here at the office. Jacqueline is leading that, and it goes over how to pray, and we actually pray. Isn't that right? We don't just talk about how to pray, but we actually pray. So if some of you say, I just don't know how to pray, that would be a great group for you to get into. Freedom. If you have things that you're trying to shake, you know, it may be drugs, it may be alcohol, it may be a sexual addiction, it may be that you're overeating, it may just be something, thoughts, it might just be that you feel like you're weighed down or slowed down, and you just need to be free. Can I tell you, we all need to be free of something. Yeah, we have a freedom group that's at John and Debbie's, and then we have a marriage group. If you're married or if you're going to get married, uh, Phil and Sharon and Mark and Lauren are leading this marriage group. It is an amazing group called Marriage on the Rock. And if you're going to get married or if you just got married or if you've been married for a long time, you can never over-strengthen your marriage. Really, 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 really important. And then we have worship group. If you're involved in worship ministry or if you'd like to be involved in worship ministry, they're going to be going through a whole study in worship ministry uh, that is a dynamic uh, study book called Holy Roar. And um, I believe that's the one that they're going to go over this time. But it's also, they do worship practice and, and worship study uh, at that. So if you'd like to be involved in that, that's our five groups. Did I say all five of them? Okay. That's our five groups. If one of them just stands out to you and you're interested in them, you're not signing in blood, would, could everybody pull out your Connect card right now where you are? Just everybody pull out your Connect card, if you would. And if you're interested enough to where you say, you know, I, I think I might go to that, would you go ahead and just sign the name of the group on the Connect card? The reason we're saying that is not to get you to commit. We don't get anything out of that. It's really just to know how we can run the groups and what materials we'll need and those kinds of things. But if you'll take your connect card and we're going to receive our offering because it's the close of the service in just a moment if you would just write the name of the group on the back of your card with your name on the front we would really appreciate that how do you sign up for the group that's it uh, show up next week to the group you already see the time and uh and you'll uh be there so write that down that's it we would love for you to sign up today and uh, if you don't, you can always go to the website and you can sign up on the website later. If you're a person that says, i just like to do it later, well, well, go ahead and do it now. Unless you really, really, really want to do it later. But I'd really love for you to go ahead and sign up for a group now. Can I tell you, God's going to change our church through this small group session. God's going to change your life and us collectively. We're going to see a new level of relationship, a new level of fellowship, and a new level of growth go in this body because of us stepping forward and being who the book of Acts says to be. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.